0: The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, our brain controls so much of our lives and we want to keep it healthy for as long as we can. Listen close and find out how you can keep your brain working as best at any age. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around town and what's new at Mother's Market. But first up, we're joined today by another prominent physician when it comes to alternative medicine. Dr. Alan Sosson is the founder and medical director of the Institute for Progressive Medicine. He's been practicing medicine for over 40 years and is an associate clinical professor at UC Irvine Medical Center, plus a certified Defeat Autism Now physician. His institute treats people of all ages through comprehensive state-of-the-art new medicine techniques, and we welcome him back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. Dr. Sawson, how are you?
1: Good. Good. How are you, Kimberly?
0: Fine. Great. Thank you. Before we get to today's topic, please fill us in on your mission and your work. Oh. <laughs>
1: Our mission is to uh, help people, and it's primarily to help them without hurting them, which doesn't always occur in modern American medicine. So we try to avoid drugs as much as we can, although we do use them when we think we need to. And we work a lot with lifestyle changes. So proper nutrition, proper sleep, avoiding stress, getting exercise, how you do those things, uh, we focus on that a lot. And the combination of the right kind of lifestyle with or without medication, and a lot of times you don't need medication if you handle things the other way, uh, people do better. So we've been uh, happy to see those things. And I've been involved in this kind of approach for the last 30 years. And I don't see myself doing anything else because once you realize you know, how people can do better and avoid complications, you really don't want to do anything else. American medicine has evolved in the direction of drugs and surgery, and we are paying a very big price for that, I think, uh, right now, in a monetary sense, you know, we have a three trillion dollar medical bill every year, mm-hmm. and I think that's a consequence largely of doing things the way we do them. You know, drugs are expensive, surgery is expensive, and testing is expensive. And we're doing over testing, and we're doing over treating, and we're not going after things in ways that are more effective and less expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this is um, today we are talking about brain health. And Dr. Saucer, we we're talking about uh, Alzheimer's disease to start with. What is Alzheimer's disease?
1: Alzheimer's disease is kind of a general term now for brain deterioration that tends to develop as people get older. And there is a loss of memory, there's a loss of thinking ability. There's a loss of communication. So those three items, when they're seen sometimes by themselves and sometimes in combination, tend to get defined as Alzheimer's disease, which they may or may not be. There's other types of brain issues related to uh, what's called age-related memory loss, which probably is not Alzheimer's disease, but is coming from something else. There's other conditions that can create those changes that are not Alzheimer's, like depression. This can be very difficult to separate. You know, someone loses a wife or a husband, and they get depressed, and you see them not communicating. They're not thinking. They can't remember, and, you know, they're sitting in a room just sitting there. You know, is this Alzheimer's disease or not? It can take a while to figure that out, although I... I'm told there are tests that can easily tell you, but I'm not so sure about that. I think it can be hard, especially in the early phases. So Alzheimer's disease will be progressive almost always, and you see the person getting progressively worse over months and years, and it's clear what's going on. But people can get a dementia related to stroke, people who've had Uh, damage to the brain from arteries clogging off or bleeding will get a dementia. Oftentimes it looks just like Alzheimer's disease. In fact there's some thinking that Alzheimer's disease really is a circulatory problem and that it occurs because people have reduced blood flow to the brain. Maybe not the large arteries, maybe the small arteries. But I've read some articles about that and that's uh, an interesting type of question. We know that Alzheimer's becomes more common as you get older. And what's happened now in our society is that it's an aging society. In fact, the world is getting older. Yeah. And the more that goes on, the more Alzheimer's there is going to be because that's what occurs. By the time a person hits the age of 85 in this country, which is no longer rare at all, Mm -hmm. they have a 50% chance of having dementia. One out of two.
0: Wow. Well, and that just goes up. It uh, it's true, and I think we, I think with the stress that goes on in our lives, and the early on that we pack in as many things as we do, and we multitask, and um, I don't know, we always say eat the right foods, exercise, and do the right thing. Um, it just seems that. I don't know, and especially moms. I hear moms, we say this a lot. Oh, I have early onset Alzheimer's because I'm forgetful. I'm doing so many things. So not to put that in the wrong format here, but we try to pack in so many things that we forget a lot. And I'm saying this, we as a mom, me personally. Um, You said it's been put as a circulatory problem. Can you expand on that?
1: Well, I haven't seen studies that showed that, although I've seen some research done by other people that sort of put forth that uh, this could be a possibility. But it really hasn't been explored more than that, and I haven't seen any articles that you know list that as what's going on. But we don't know the cause of Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. There is no data that states it comes from heavy metals, it comes from eating cheese, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Nobody knows where it comes from. This is infection related to it? Basically, it's defined as certain pathological changes that are seen in the brains of people who died who had Alzheimer's disease. And you see these uh, neurofibrillary tangles and plaques. They describe them as those things. And that defines Alzheimer's disease. But where is it coming from? Well, we have an awful lot of diseases. We don't know where any of them are coming from. And that's just another one. But this involves millions of people.
0: It's amazing, these um, studies that are coming in. Are there other types of dementia?
1: There are. You have to look for other things and it's uh, important to realize that brains are part of the body and always look for something else going on in the body that may be affecting the brain. So in something like hypothyroidism, that'll give you a dementia. If it gets bad enough, people start to lose memory and they don't communicate and they get fatigued and it can look just like that. So we always do thyroid studies I had a guy once uh, some years ago who looked just like Alzheimer's disease. His wife was ready to put him away in an institution. He didn't talk. There was nothing going on. He was like 85 years old. And I did a B12 study on him, which nobody had done before. The textbooks always talk about study B12, find out what the level is. His had not been done, and he didn't have any. He mm-hmm. was severely B12 deficient, and when we put him on, his, his Alzheimer's disease disappeared. He really? became completely normal. I never saw that again, <laughs> So, but I always look for it because you don't want to miss the one individual whose dementia is treatable.
0: Wow, and it seemed to be that f- quick, that turnaround. Oh, it, was it was fast. Was, yeah. It
1: was fast. He went from um, not talking at all to uh, giving me tiny insults with his visits. It was, it was uh, pretty uh, pretty exciting to see it. He was cool. He had a good sense of humor.
0: I love that. Uh, are there more? Is there more dementia than there used to be?
1: Well, there's much more mm-hmm. because we're older. Yeah, that's you know, we didn't saying. used to have people living to be eighty and eighty-five and ninety and even a hundred is coming up, yeah. and I expect that's going to continue. So, if you have a fifty percent risk at the age of eighty-five, how are we going to handle all of that stuff? Mm-hmm. We better be doing something now because it's going to be overwhelming. The difficulty taking care of somebody. With advanced Alzheimer's is awful. It's so expensive. It's time-consuming. It's a terrible stress on family members. Uh, I've lived through that twice. Uh, Once with my wife's mother, and once with my own mother. Mm. And it it's rough.
0: okay? Walk me through this a little bit because there's two questions here. Because I want to ask you at the onset. There's two two parts to this. Can it be reversed? if you see it coming through, if it's dementia, and personally, you've been through it twice. So when you see it happen and you've lived through it, that's a long process. You've seen it twice with your mother and your wife's mother. So that's a long process on both sides.
1: Yeah, I have not seen Alzheimer's disease reversed. I've read stories about it, you know, take this, take that, uh, take coconut oil. Uh, And fine, you know, take coconut oil. But personally, I have not seen that be effective. But Mm. anything that's a safe treatment uh, for a disease that's so devastating, by all means, you know, take coconut oil, use deer antler, use whatever you want to use. You know, the things I've seen have an effect on cognition uh, would include hormones. You know, I would certainly consider using hormone replacement in anybody who had a a cognitive problem because they may improve with that. And you're not always needing to have a cure. If you can get a cessation of the progression mm-hmm. so they're not getting worse or just have them a little more functional, you've done a lot. I mean, I have patients who have Alzheimer's disease who are doing okay. You know, they live with their spouse, they're functional, they talk, they're fairly happy, they're fairly communicative, mm-hmm. and if they can stay that way, great. You know, it's the ones that are progressing and getting less and less able that are quite difficult.
0: Mm. Well, I firsthand, I know that you've uh, dealt with that, so I'm sorry, but that also makes you an expert with this. And, um, and so when patients come to you, you know that firsthand as well. Um, this is such an interesting subject and it's in the here and the now. So we're gonna come right back. There's so much to learn from you, Dr. Sausen. So stay with us, we'll be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal, to provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to take the time to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for radio and listen to past shows. Plus, download healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Sawson, and we're talking about how you can keep your brain healthy. Doctor, do drug therapies for dementia and memory loss work?
1: Drug therapy has been poor from what I've seen, and most doctors would tell you the same thing. Uh, They're almost always given. If someone is taken to see a doctor related to that kind of problem, they're going to give them a drug because what are they going to give them? What do they have to offer? It's very limited. The number of drugs, very limited. You know, there's only two or three kinds of drugs that can be used for that with any evidence of effectiveness. Uh, but generally, they don't do very much or they do nothing. So I see have lots of patients who are on them, and I've started them as well, because a lot of times I don't know what more to do either. But I, I haven't seen much effect from them. And um, a lot of times we'll stop because nothing's happening.
0: What are they? I don't even know what they are uh, There's be. one
1: called Namenda. There's one called Aricept. Uh, there's some others that are Related to those drugs, and they've been around for years. Uh, Usually you start with a low dose, and you gradually raise it. And if you see improvements, fine. A lot of the research talks about a slowing of the progression of disease. Yeah. But I think there's other things that can be used to slow the progression of disease. And I I don't usually use those drugs.
0: What, uh, so you would use a natural therapy, uh, that would be more effective, and that would
1: It makes more sense to me. Mm -hmm. I think there's a more likelihood of improvement, and we'll use things like hormones. We certainly will go after diet, and we absolutely will go after activity level, because that's probably the single most important factor, unless you have someone who's just totally doing the wrong thing, like someone who's drinking a a pint of scotch every day and has dementia needs to stop drinking alcohol, Mm -hmm. because it causes dementia, and it will make them worse. And anybody who uh, has, you know, B12 deficiency should be on vitamin B12. And if they're thyroid deficient, they need thyroid. But the activity level is very, very important. And there was a very nice study that was done. I think I read this about 10 years ago. It was called the Nun Study. And this guy followed a bunch of nuns. I think it was in Minnesota for years. And he got their permission to do post-mortem evaluations on their brains after they died. And he found that the nuns who had a better ability to express themselves in writing at the age of 20, this is when they tended to enter the nunnery and they were all requested to write out different things about their lives, their life story or something like that. But the ones who had the the best expressiveness at the age of 20 were the least likely to develop Alzheimer's when they were 70 and 80. Mm. And he found this pretty much across the board and there was one of the nuns who after she died they looked at the brain and she had classic alzheimer's disease but never manifested it in life and she was one of those who had this very nice writing style when she was younger so it's possible to have alzheimer's disease and nobody knows it because you're living okay you're you're you're, you're doing well
0: because she she pretty much wrote it out and she she was an her. active, person, was active and person and she
1: was doing things and we mm-hmm. see if you want to have somebody get worse who's got Alzheimer's disease put them in a room alone and turn on the television set and they will fall <laughs> apart in front of your eyes uh. you know they will lose the ability to move to talk to do to communicate because they're not communicating and they're not doing and they're not moving
0: look at our teenagers today <laughs> look at our kids today
1: yeah, it's that that's really 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 important and not always so easy to do, but mm-hmm. older people need to have things that occupy their time and their interest, you know, mm-hmm. like tango. You can tango at the age of 80, you know, you can go, <laughs> you can walk a mile a day at the age of 80, mm-hmm. you can read books, mm-hmm. you can write letters, you can send people emails, you can do things. Mm-hmm. And that's really the secret to keeping ourselves going as we get older, is to be doing things that interest us, that we have energy for. You know, my wife can dance five hours a day. I can't. Maybe (laughs) I will. But, uh, you know, there's actually was a study done that the exercise that's most beneficial in in preventing dementia was was dancing. And the ones that were least effective (laughs) were swimming and bicycle riding, which is what I do. Oh, oh, I have to adjust and add tango to my repertoire.
0: I love that. <laughs> the tango doctor, <laughs> dancing with the stars, dancing with the docs, I love that. There's going to be another reality show out there. <laughs> uh, but that's great advice though, but it is about staying active and they say that too and reading and, and, um, and again, staying active and finding people that are going to keep um, uh, keeping us active. What supplements do you recommend to help brain function?
1: There's a few that we work with uh, very commonly. Fish oil Mm -hmm. is good for the brain. Phosphatidylcholine is good for the brain. It helps to maintain the sheaths around the nerves that are made out of fatty acids. Alpha-lipoic acid, acetylcarnitine, uh, those are probably the major ones that we work with. There's some other procedures you can use that may be beneficial. I can't say definitively that they are, but they make sense, and uh, we've worked with them some. Uh, one is external counterpulsation therapy.
0: Try to we, spell that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a treatment where you put inflatable cuffs around the legs and you blow them up with air. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's sequential with the cardiac cycle and. Uh, It forces blood up the aorta into the heart, and when the heart beats, it puts out more blood. So you're basically increasing cardiac circulation with the treatment, and the effect on circulation persists after the end of the treatment. We usually do a series of them, mostly for treating heart disease, so you do like 35 of them. But I've had patients with cognitive impairments who brightened up after they did this treatment, like we were treating their heart disease, and their brains got better while we were doing that. And if you consider that dementia may at least partially be a circulatory problem and you can improve circulation, then that might be something that would be useful. I'm not sure I would do it in someone who has advanced disease. I've tried it in advanced disease, and it didn't do anything. Mm. So someone who is really far gone with dementia is really, really difficult. But if you catch, get somebody early on, or even if they seem to be slipping, that might be something to work with. Ozone, that we have talked about some, has being, been put out as something that can help with brain function. Ozone has been used, because it's an anti-inflammatory, uh, has been used in treating different brain disorders. I've seen articles on using ozone to treat depression, hmm. uh, treat cognitive impairment, treat multiple sclerosis, treat ALS, treat stroke, Uh, So because ozone improves oxygen utilization, this is another way that it works Uh, that's a little more complex, so I won't go into it, but it improves the production of energy in the body. It improves the circulation in the body. And a lot of the things that are connected with aging we know have something to do with circulatory loss, with reduction of oxygen utilization and reduced energy production. Look at a 6-year-old and see what's going on in his body in a 90-year-old and see what's going on, there's quite a bit of slowing down that's occurred. And if you can speed things up and make things work more efficiently, maybe you can help brain function. Hmm. That's fascinating. And diet is another area. (laughs) You you want to be eating things that are going to make your body work better. And we should not be sitting around eating candy all day long. It's one of the reasons (laughs) Halloween is my least favorite day of the year. Is the, because of the things people eat on that day. And I think it's toxic. Mm. You know, we should not be getting exposed to toxins. You know, do heavy metals cause Alzheimer's disease? Do they make your brain not work? Well, they do make your brain not work. If you get enough lead or enough mercury or enough arsenic in your body, we know that those heavy metals interfere with neurologic function. Are they uh, contributing to Alzheimer's disease? I don't know, but they may be. You know, even if they cause ten or twenty percent of the problem, that's ten or twenty percent that we don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we look at heavy metals. I've treated heavy metals. Sometimes people have gotten better. I had one fellow with who was not old; he was in his forties, but with a chronic fatigue issue and a memory issue. Who worked with automobiles and automobile engines, and his heavy metals were very high, and we treated him with chelation, and his brain cleared up. his depression got better his mind got clearer his mom was excited you know that he was better he was like 45 years old
0: wow well uh, it's fascinating what you're discovering here um, and your treatments do any medications impair brain function
1: that's a good question because the answer is very much yes Mm -hmm. many medications impair brain function you know uh, we know that All of the recreational drugs that some people take to improve their brain function are making them worse. Marijuana makes you worse. Alcohol makes you much worse. Mm -hmm. But the drugs that we doctors prescribe to people makes them worse. A lot of the psychiatric drugs that are used, the antidepressants, the antipsychotics that are being thrown around almost like water these days. You know, if you're menopausal, some docs don't want to give you hormones because hormones uh, you know, are bad for you and they give you Prozac instead. Mm-hmm. Well, Prozac can affect your memory. Prozac can make you slow down. It can you know, make you look like you have an early brain disorder going on. And I've had many patients who stopped that kind of drug and cleared up. And the reason a lot of times they stopped the drug is because they didn't like what it was doing to them. Mm. It was making them tired. It was making them lose memory. Some people have been having trouble functioning in their jobs like being a lawyer or some kind of professional getting on one of these drugs couldn't function couldn't do their job so they stopped. Statin drugs have shown some evidence of causing difficulties and I mention it because statin drugs are being taken by millions of people and some doctors will go out and say everybody should be on a statin drug past the age of 40. Well I'm not on a statin drug. And most of my patients aren't either. And I've had a number of patients who stopped taking them because they had memory problems or they had depression. And when they stopped the drug, it went away. I was reading about an animal study that was done in rats receiving one of the statin drugs that had substantial impairments Mm. of brain function. And uh, the ones who weren't getting that drug didn't get that. Mm. So there is some evidence that I think is increasing that statin drugs can also do that. But antihypertensive medications like beta blockers, what do they do? They slow down the adrenal glands. That's what they do. And they lower blood pressure and they do help the heart, but they can impair brain function. And I've seen that numerous times, particularly in developing depression. So you have to look with just about any drug that anybody takes, you know, could this be having an effect on the brain? Because it's awfully common.
0: It's amazing, and and to know all of this. And again, when you're having to go to work, and you have the brain fog, or you're exhausted, or you know, it's that the side effects of all of this. So to know that.
1: And how do you separate it out? You Mm -hmm. know, is it because I'm eating the wrong food? Is it because I'm not getting enough sleep? Is Mm -hmm. it because of this drug I'm taking? What is it? Mm -hmm. Well, it might be all of those things. Mm -hmm. You have to go after them one at a time. And if a drug can be stopped or reduced, that's what I would do.
0: And you think it's to help you, and it's really hurting you. Um, the final question I have, do you have other therapies for, cognit- for cognitive enhancement?
1: Well, there's things we mentioned about external counterpulsation therapy. Uh, chelation may be of benefit. Chelation therapy is a way of giving intravenous vitamins and minerals and something that takes heavy metals out of the body and that's been used by folks to help with uh, cognitive function. Those are the main other ways. But I would also emphasize physical exercise, and there's lots of studies on that. It's not just mental activities, but it's also physical activity that helps the brain work better. So if you can, you know, do the dancing, the walking, etc., those are uh, really important.
0: Uh, Well, this has been great, and uh, again, wonderful uh, recommendations here. And we thank you for your time, Dr. Sawson, and we look forward to having you on again. But in the meantime, you can catch more of Dr. Sawson on his website, iProgressiveMed.com, and learn more about his passion for alternative medicine and the other great things he's involved with, including tango dancing. <laughs> we look forward to our next visit. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market Radio Show and for shopping at Mother's Market.